Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 34 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz, fresh off a of Green Bay 4-0 win over Cleveland State women's soccer. They now face your Milwaukee, Drew Skyberg, as he joins me here on the podcast. Drew, your Milwaukee girls, they're good at volleyball, they're good at soccer, they're good at it all, but are you good at it at all? How are you today? I'm doing well, Jordan, and yeah, you, as you mentioned, Milwaukee, UW-Milwaukee has dominated fall sports in the Horizon League, as they should. We're, they're a powerhouse in boys and girls soccer, and they've just had some great years, even in volleyball. It's been, it's been great so far. So, let's go Panthers! Yes, abs- I mean, I'm 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 not a Panther fan. I mean, we just got to make that clear. But hard to root against a team that's unbeaten and dominating in every aspect. So, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew. We are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You name it, we're there. Jordan Drew the Sports Crew on YouTube. Jordan Drew underscore. Sports crew on Instagram, Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew on Facebook. And a lot of big stuff was happening on there the past few days. All of a sudden, I see like someone was liking our Instagram post. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's this? Because it was like we hadn't posted for the day or we hadn't posted for a few hours at least. So it must have been just a late light coming through. And I looked and all of a sudden, it was a picture of Drew with a very tall man. And Drew, the shout out of the week this week goes to none other than your boy, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Just please enlighten us and explain the story on this. I have a great story to tell the fans here, and let's get right into it. So a few weeks ago, there was an email sent on a Wednesday night, like 7 or 8 o'clock. There's a Panther Fantasy Camp, the first annual Panther Fantasy Camp, and you got to sign up right away. Otherwise, you're not going to get it first come, first serve. I signed on up within minutes of it, like probably the first minute or two, just to make oh, sure. Well. And I'm like, oh, my God, we do drills with the team and stuff like this. This is crazy. And with that being said, I... Then I got in and then I, they sent me more info. So it's a Wednesday night. I had to the K, the Klotsky. And then from there, they give me a practice jersey and I go do drills with the team and stuff. And it's a lot of, it was, it said it was going to be a lot of fun. And it, it really was. And it, it was something else. So I, I go in there, go to the K and I'm like, okay, well, Patrick Baldwin Jr. He's going to be here. So I got the podcast shirt on. I got all my podcasts. I even had a sticker in my student ID card. I was I was ready. I had it all. Oh yeah. And so going in there, I'm I go up to the K, go up to the gym, already taking my warm-up shots. Here comes Patrick Baldwin Jr. entering the gym. So I'm I'm still shooting my shots. I'm trying to be cool, calm, and collected. And then he comes up over to me and he shakes my hand. He's like, yo, I'm Pat. And I'm like, hey, I'm Drew. And then nice to meet you. And then so we're taking some warm-up shots together now. And then I'm like, all right, I got to shoot my shot right now. So ha- go up to him and I'm like, yo, Pat, we got a podcast go- going called Jordan Drew, the sports crew. I'm the Drew in the podcast, show him my shirt. And then I'm like, we got a- We got a series going on called Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. And we would love to have you on. We'd love to talk some college basketball with you. And he's like, yeah, sure. I- man, I'd love to come on. Waves over his media manager he's got. And his media manager comes over. It's like, what's up? And then we tell him what's going on. And then. I get his media, his info, his contact information, his phone number, his email. So then he's like, just talk to me. We'll get it all scheduled. And then Pat Baldwin, his dad, is the head coach of the Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball team, sees this. He comes over. He's like, what's going on, guys? And I tell him what's going on, the interview. And he said he's really excited to listen. We end up talking about the non-con schedule coming up. Coach Baldwin, he's really looking forward to it. I'll just leave it at that. So... Then Patrick Baldwin Jr. and I were taking some warm-up shots. We did a three-point game with some other guys, and I was making my shots, like I said, in warm-up, which was 
sometimes that doesn't happen for me. Just, just if you guys didn't know. So I was making my shots and whatever, and then come to drill number, I believe six or seven, something like that. Maybe it was two or three. It was a drill and it's the mid range drill. And Patrick Baldwin jr is running it with another teammate of his. So what happens is we come over and then he point in my group and he points at me. He's like, yo, I want you on my team. And that was me. 510 Drew Skyberg, he wants on his team. So head over there and and yeah, we I was on his team and we were making our shots. It was first to 10 wins. And we did three games. We won all three, I believe. I I got carried once pretty bad, but otherwise it was pretty even. Um, like he had like six and five, made four, maybe seven and three. One of them, let's just say he took over. It's Patrick Baldwin Jr. He took over. So uh, after I was like, Yo, Patrick, we should we should get a picture together. It's pretty cool. I mean, we just want we want the mid range trail. And he's like, he's like, yes, sure, man. So we got a picture later in the camp, and that was a lot of fun, Jordan. And that's my story, basically. The next day, I saw him also at the K, and he waved, he waved, and he said, "Sup, man." So maybe we're friends now. So we'll we'll see. But really excited to have Patrick Baldwin Jr. on the podcast later this month. It's really, I mean, it was one of our, my goals coming to Milwaukee and. I'm really glad he committed to coming on the show and let, let's make it happen, Jordan. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like we could just end the podcast right here, right now. Right. I mean, that's the story. That's the biggest thing of the week. Time to end it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. There. Thank you all for listening to this episode, but I mean, that's, that is insane. You're buzzed with Patrick Baldwin Jr. And I'm sure you got carried once like that's expected. I mean, I would have expected you to have been carried all three games. So the fact that you didn't, you were hitting your shots, you were shooting your shot. I mean, oof, what a night. I mean, nothing better down at UW-Milwaukee, big things planned, not only for the podcast, but for Drew Skyberg as well. That's some really awesome stuff, and let's move right along. Anything else? That's all. Let's get to the next segment. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle on Etsy, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment. And within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic. No lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeliness to easily find the best option. Save money and time with Stamps.com. Guys, there's no risk. And with our promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. One more time, our promo code is P-O-D at stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, thanks to stamps.com. Stats of the week, absolutely loaded. I mean, there are so many this week. We'll just touch on a few and then move past the others. There's only three active quarterback and wide receiver duos in the league who've played more than four NFL seasons. Rodgers has two of them, Randall Cobb and Yvonne Adams. So there's a little fun fact for you. This next one I really like. MLB hasn't had a repeat champion in 21 years. So do you just think this is because of how long the seasons are? And I mean, how it's not like football where you can kind of be like Tampa Bay and have the same starters return every year. I mean, baseball's just a different animal. Exactly, Jordan. And 
that's one of the things like you never know who's going to win. It's whoever gets hot at the right time. And that's one thing like we see the Braves right now up through and they actually might have might be the World Series champions right now. So might be. Um, it's just one of those things. Not always the best team. The best team in baseball is not going to win the World Series every year. And, and it never it never really happens like that's always the team who gets hot at the right time. So like this Braves team has been the hottest second half team and or the hottest team since the deadline. So since like July 31st and lo and behold, they're in the world series one, one away. So it's just a matter of getting hot at the right time, really in baseball. And we've seen this in other teams like 2019 nationals. Um, we, I mean, I, we could go on the 2011 Cardinals, just, just teams who were wild card teams who were able to win, win the world. I mean, this granted this Braves team was not a wild card team, but there's the Dodgers who were, were considered miles ahead better than them. And even the Cardinals were were comparable to them, who were the other wild card teams. So it's just interesting to see the best team's not going to win every year. It's the team who just puts together a hot streak, you know. Oh yeah, and speaking of that World Series, leads right into our next one: Jorge Soler, first player in World Series history with a leadoff and pinch hit home run. So in the leadoff, meaning first at bat of Game One of the World Series, went up there and hit a dinger. Like there's no better way to start. Than that, and speaking of starts, Warriors, they were 4-0 for the first time since the 2015-2016 season. So they're finally getting their stride and getting things back together. You think they're going to be in the title contention once again when the season's all come and done? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this Warriors team, like, we saw them when the, when they had bad one of the bad year. I mean, it was really those two years. Like, it's been with, like, injuries. I mean, we saw Clay Thompson and then Durant left and then just – just injuries has bothered this team, and yeah, they'll be just fine. It's the Warriors. I I believe so as well. They'll be back in it, potentially winning it. Who knows? Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about this man. He plays tonight, Chiefs and Giants. But in his last ten games, he had as many interceptions as Aaron Rodgers did in his last fifty-one. So we're talking forty-one more games, basically three more seasons. Mahomes is certainly. Started slumping, but he's going to find himself once again. I assume he has like a three-touchdown performance tonight. They're getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back soon enough as well, so that'll be something to spark the offense. But, yeah, Mahomes has not had the best start. Chiefs have not been doing the best either. As for this Packers team, last Thursday when they played the Cardinals, it was a battle of the teams with the highest winning percentage since 1934, highest winning percentage all time for a Thursday night game. That game did not disappoint. We'll get to it soon. Next up, Cristiano Ronaldo. This is just a wild one that I saw and figured we should put it on here. He posted on Instagram a photo announcing his twins. So good for him, right? This photo, most liked Instagram picture by an athlete. It is currently over 27 million likes. I mean, my goodness, you want to talk about someone who has the world in his hand. That is Cristiano Ronaldo. And this man right here, Justin Martin, never heard of him. He's a high school athlete, UCLA commit, I believe. He plays for the Senators. This is high school still. They beat the Monarchs 106-0, to and Justin Martin threw for 13 touchdown passes, Drew. Oh, you want to hear my t- take on this? It might not be a good one. Um, no, I probably am going to agree with it. But we talked, Robert Schimmick and I talked about this on an episode with Chase Mathias breaking records or, and with the rushing stuff. I mean, when you're up... Come on, hard six. They want my hard over hard points. You kept the guy in. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. It's it's high school. Um, I mean, I I believe I believe in the idea of you know getting reps in and stuff too. But like, there there's a line. There's there's really always there's gonna be a line at some point. And 
whatever you if you consider the line seven scores, if you consider the line eight scores, but like 13 scores. Are you kidding me? I, I'm not I'm not thrilled. I mean, it's, it's a great record. Good, great. Congratulations to the man. But it, we're, we're in high school sports. This, this isn't these guys aren't being paid to play. This is I mean, it's high school guys Friday nights, you know, Friday night lights. And it's about the experience. And I, I'm just I'm not a fan, you know. Oh, and you mentioned the line, the line for like the shifts that I've seen a lot this year was halftime. Like they would be up 30 some points or whatever. Brett Pranger would be pulled for the second half. Like they're not trying to pad their stats or whatever. Obviously they did here, Justin Martin. I don't know if there's a record he was going for or what, but he's already committed to college too. So it's like, seriously, what are we even having to prove here? I'm sure it was 70, nothing, 60, nothing could have even been 40, nothing at half for all I know, but that's just ridiculous to keep the kid in there the entire game, video game numbers. But man, that's, I feel so bad for the Monarchs losing by 106 points. Like, you know, for a fact, they weren't trying at the end. They had their third strings in. They're still playing against the first string of this team. And that's just, that's not right. So a final set here, Cade Cunningham made his NBA debut. He was one of eight from the field. Second worst shooting percentage by a first overall pick in the modern era. So that is not good at all. I believe the person who holds the lead was like 0 for 5. So they didn't even make a shot. Cade Cunningham at least made one, but does this concern you at all? Or he's just going to find himself in it. He'll be fine. fine. Not, yeah. I'm not worried. Good. I'm glad you're not one of those people who gets scared. Like all the Packer fans after week one said this team is washed. They're garbage. And look at them now. So you just can't judge a book by its cover, as they always say. I mean, it's one game for Cade Cunningham. It was one Packer game, but we're going to move on. November 1st is the date on this day. Have we ever had a podcast episode that started on the first day of a month? Uh, we're 30. We probably have. Not, I don't know about regular episode, but I'm sure with uh, one of our side episodes or a bonus episode, probably. But this, this is a new one for us. Yeah, I'm looking back like even to May. It started on like the third. So March 1st is the first day one and we didn't start at the beginning of march we were like oh, middle of march wow yeah oh well, this is a milestone right here during the sports crew episode 34 so if my calendar was right then there we go so here we go on this day 1913 let's go way back notre dame upsets army 35 15 in the college's inaugural football game gus darius 14 of 17 243 yards two touchdowns and it says he and him is receiver Newt Rockney used the forward pass effectively. So that's very interesting. I mean, I don't know how you're going to win a football game without it, but hey, good job. They're passing in 1913. On this day, 1924, the Boston Maroons officially joined the NHL. They're the first United States-based team to enter the league. Montreal Maroons also joined the NFL, or NFL, NHL, but they only lasted until 38, so they didn't make it a whole long. The Bruins, obviously, they're a franchise, and in themselves, they're just a great team. We'll see if they get back up in it. But I watched a documentary in like study hall a few years ago about like the, I don't know if it was called the great six or the original six or the first six, but it was talking about like the first six, maybe even his eight teams in the NHL. Good stuff. On this day, 1946, the first basketball association of America game sees the Knicks beat the Toronto Huskies 68, 66. Do you know what the basketball association of America is? Uh, I'm sure it's one of the leagues that ended up competing like with the ABA and the NBA. I'm sure it was one yeah. of the sub-leagues with it, I guess. Yeah, that was my first thought is like comparing it to the ABA, but I didn't really know, and I didn't know if you'd know anything. So, back real quick, on this day, 1959, Montreal Canadiens goaltender Jacques Plante becomes the first NHL netminder 
goalie to wear a fiberglass protective face mask. So thankfully, Jacques Plante is a smart man. He knows exactly what to do and protect himself. Now we got two things that happened on this day in 1966. The first of them, NFL awards a franchise to the New Orleans, and they call it the Saints, alluding to November 1st, All Saints Day in Catholic face. Face? Catholic faith. The Saints actually just beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers as we were recording. So that is a huge win for them on this day, 1966. Same thing happened on this day as the Saints debuted. Sandy Koufax, pitcher of the Dodgers, first three-time Cy Young winner, unanimous winner for the second straight year, final year, only one award given for pitchers in both major leagues. Finally, on this day, 1970, the first regular season game between the New York Jets and the Giants. Giants won 22-10. to 10. How about the Jets upsetting the Bengals? I, I was getting out of my car or getting in my car, looked at football scores, about to head home. I saw the Jets beat Joe Burrow, and I was like, oh my goodness, what happened to the Bengals? I have no idea, but let's move on, staying right in the world of professional football. Packers and Cardinals, 24-21. What a game. Once again, I got to say, a little disappointed in this Packers offense. There were so many times where they could have put up more points than they actually did, but you really can't complain about a win at the end of the day. The one I really think of is when they had it first and goal from the three-yard line, Ugh. and they threw it three, three. times. It, I don't understand. Like Aaron Rodgers tries to do too much half the time. Yeah, and part of it with the play calling too, Jordan. That was, that was yeah. certainly an interesting decision there um but they're in this game certainly a lot of unsung heroes i'd say really stepped up in the game i don't know if you'd agree i mean with the defense and stuff with guys like jair alexander out adams out marcos valdez scantling out just like randall cobb i mean he was he was that guy you know he had to be really only a red zone target though which i thought was kind of mind-blowing like they threw a deep ball to aaron jones and they only targeted or they only cobb only had three receptions two of which were for touchdowns in like in the red zone. So I thought that was a yeah. little interesting, but you really can't complain at the end of the day. Put up a great fantasy performance if you started him, and still it's just Rodgers 22 of 37. But, I mean, we lost Robert Tunyon and Kylan Hill for the year, so that's a little scary. Mercedes Lewis, I think he'll be a fine tight end one, though, for the team. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, he's a as we know, they've been using him as a blocking tight end for for a few years now, I mean, and he's a, he's a veteran. And boy, Jordan, he had... That catch that could that was very close to being a catch. Did you see that from the one hander? Yeah, that was that was something else. I really wish they would have counted it, but you know, foot was out of out of bounds. So, but yeah, I think he'll be a fine tight end number one. He's certainly it'll be great to see him come more out of the out of the off the line as a kind of a receiving threat as well. So that'd be that'd be great to see out of this Packers team. But this Packers defense looks really good. Got to just say that. Oh, yeah, and the, the Cardinals offense looked flat in the first half and then finally started to pick things up. But I don't know if it was because of the defense, because of the pressure, or if they just weren't feeling it to start. But, I mean, it was all Packers in this game. And one of the big turning points was an Aaron Jones touchdown that they actually reversed. They said it wasn't in. I didn't think there was nearly enough to overturn it. Neither did Mike Pierre, I think's his name. But they overturned it, and they said no touchdown. Cardinals put together a 99-yard drive until... AJ Green decided he was going to be a blocker instead of a receiver. Interception ends the game. I thought for sure the Cardinals had it in them. And we had such terrible timeout management in the second half. 
Rodgers took that delay a game, which was oh. mind-blowing too down the stretch. I mean, we got the win, beat an undefeated team, but this team scares me at times. Like, if we're going to stay in these close games, we have to put points on the board and just be better in the second half. Definitely, and one thing I really like watching this Packers team, I like, I like seeing all the rushing attempts. I really liked how they're running the ball. I see a total of, we see, let's let's count it here, 34 rushing attempts for this team in total, and just seeing A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, the two-headed monster that they got going right now, it, it's working just fine. I mean, Dillon, like just uh, the one the way I think they got to close out games. I mean, just give it to AJ Dillon, get out of the way, and just let it let him chew up some clock. And if that could happen, and we, we saw they were very close to ending the game right there at that wall, like with Aaron Jones, but then it got overturned, which I do agree. Don't think there's enough there, but hey, I mean, this Packers team, we got to go. We're going in seven and one now, I believe. So. Yeah, there's seven and one. So nothing to complain about there and beating an undefeated team as well. But yeah, they, they scare me as well, Jordan. But we're, we got to look forward to next week and just keep winning games here so we can get that by. Because as we know, the playoffs is very contested this year with only one team in each conference getting a bye. Yeah, and we've got Kansas City coming up this week on the road. I don't think we'll have a problem in that game, but you never know if Mahomes is a huge performance. Kansas City, obviously the Chiefs defense. It's been the story of the season. They're just not good whatsoever so hopefully we can run right through them run game and pass game was pretty even overall in this game against the cardinals which was good to see but still i would have even liked to run the ball even more i think rogers threw it far more than he needed to but win is a win and that's enough about that wisconsin badgers oh my goodness 27 7 they were up 20 nothing at the half over the iowa hawkeyes who people are calling the biggest frauds of the season Graham Mertz threw the ball 22 times, so I complained last week. He only threw it eight times, which just wasn't going to cut it. You're not going to get better. He was 11 of 22, 104 yards, also had two rushing touchdowns, three carries for two yards. Both of them were touchdowns. I did not get to watch this game. I was at I was uh, at Texas Rodos at the time when I saw the score, and I was like, oh my goodness, up 20 nothing. Braylon Allen, 20 carries, 104 yards. He's taking over as RB1 for this team, rightfully so, and I believe you didn't watch it either, but still, any thoughts on a huge Badgers win? you got to take back your words from last week, man. It was a few weeks ago, Jordan, to start, but I was able to catch this game. I was able to ch- catch some highlights, and what I saw, I mean, what I, what I said a few weeks ago, I said there's no way this Wisconsin team beats Iowa if they play the way they do. They do. And I said a few weeks ago, and based on how they're, they're, how they're performing, it, it made sense, and now we're seeing we're seeing Mertz throw the ball a little more. I mean, Mertz is playing okay, and, and that's all you need. Uh, that's why when I said, your defense I mean, plays this well, I mean, that's really all you need. Exactly, and that's all they need. And we saw the emergence of Braille and Allen really come into effect last week against Purdue. We saw that, and we saw him all year. We saw really good flashes of him, and now re- with um, Berger, Jalen Berger, I believe it was, getting uh, dismissed from the team, that, that's kind of been a big moment for this Badgers team that really cleared up a spot for him and just now we're able to see him and Malusi just work. And that that's really been what we need. And th- this is a classic now. Now we're seeing the classic Wisconsin team that wins games and beats ranked opponents. It's you're going to have a quarterback who, who's okay, who's decent, who will get the job done. Um, all they have to do is just not turn the ball over, which that's what Mert's been doing. But it, it was good this game. No, no really big turnover, no interceptions. And then we need, we got some running backs and we got your star running back. And I feel like Braylon Allen's that guy. And you got your star running back. You got a good offensive line. And then you got some solid receiving targets. And I mean, Danny Davis has been there forever, it seems. And then Jake Ferguson as well. Some just some great, great targets there. 
And then you got that lot that shut down Wisconsin defense and guys like Sanborn and Chanel and just, just guys who excellent linebackers who just fill their gaps and just make great, make great plays. And they had a lot of sacks this game as well, Jordan, just going through it here. Holy smokes. How many is that? Like, uh, I believe they had, let's count it, two, three, four, five, and six sacks for this Badgers wow. defense. So that's that's got to win you some games. And I would expect, Jordan, we'd see this Wisconsin team. They're going to go back in the top 25. I say we'll see them in the 20 to 25 range probably for start, maybe 20 on the dot. But what do you think my, about this game? Yeah, my guess was going to be 22. I mean, you beat a Purdue team that was 25 at the time. Then I believe Iowa was eight. And you beat them. So certainly you have to be in the top 25. You just beat two top 25 teams, some bigger teams who are losing. So they'll move them down or completely out of the rankings. Anything higher than 20 is probably a stretch, but you never know at the end of the day. I mean, there's some one loss teams that are ranked very high. So Badgers at three losses, I think they'll be right around that 20 mark. Mid 20s is my guess. I'm going with 22. We'll have to see. But this week, they got Rutgers, who's four and four. Next week, Northwestern, three and five. Week after Nebraska, three and six. Then they got Minnesota to end the year. Always a tough test. The Gophers are six and two. So I think Badgers can win three more weeks in a row. And then it just comes down to that Minnesota game. Yeah, I totally agree. And this Badger team, I mean, coming into the start of the year, like you told me three weeks ago, the situation they would be in right now at sitting at five and three. I tell you, you're crazy. I'll be honest. From what I saw, but the turnaround we've seen from this Badgers team, they got they could easily win out here, Jordan. I mean, I, I could see the three wins of I think the three wins coming up. I think they're given. I mean, you're playing Rutgers, you're playing Northwest, you're playing not so great programs right now. And just with Wisconsin, I, I think, yeah, that Minnesota game is really key here. If they're able to beat that Minnesota team, I mean, regardless if they win three games, they're gonna be in a bowl game. And I so with that being said, I, I think I think they got it. They could make maybe a little run to be a top top 15 team in the country. We'll see. But just from the start, I, it did not look like that. And you know it. So I'm really happy to see what this Badger team has been able to do in this turnaround they have had in the past few weeks. So uh, that's that's Badger football, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was after the Army game when we were talking about it and we said we're like going to tune out for the rest of the year and here they are beating Iowa. So that's just insane. Let's move down, right? We did professional, we did college. Just go right to high school football. Such great transitions. Here on the podcast, Kohler Sheboygan Luther Christian stunned by Denmark. I don't think we expected this. Losing 46 to 40, it ended up turning into a shootout. Denmark wins by six points. It was 13 12 in the first quarter. Denmark had a 14 point second quarter, putting up a 27 12 at the half. KLC's coming back. They put 14 points up. So it's 26 to 33 going into the fourth quarter. KLC outscores them by one, but it's not enough. 46 40. Robbie Michael had to throw the ball 51 times. 35 of 51, 386 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Only ran the ball eight or 10 times, I should say, for 85 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Matt Stefani ran it eight times, 43 yards with a touchdown. The big one here, Casey Verhagen. 21 receptions, 222 yards, two touchdowns, obviously wide receiver one for them. Denmark, listen to this. They only threw the ball 10 times. Well, they threw it 11. Hayden Conkle was 0 for 1. Must have been a trick play. Lucas Miller, 5 of 10 for 48 yards. Eliza Sheflick, 33 carries, 362 yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, oh my goodness. You're not stopping him. And then they had Kenny Satori, 10 carries, 150 yards 
and a touchdown. 509 rushing yards from Denmark as they beat KLC, putting all comments about KLC's defense being better to rest. I mean, oh my goodness, quite literally, they ran all over them. Yeah, that was always... We talked about concerns with KLC, and one thing was their rush defense. It's been, um, even with Brilliant, um, the concern was just how was the, how can this KLC team stop the run? I'm not worried about their their secondary, stopping the pass. And I mean, we saw they didn't they didn't even try to pass. They Denmark came in with a game plan. We're gonna just run the ball down their throats. And I mean, they were able to put up points, and we saw we saw them last week only put up 18 against two rivers, and that's that's all they needed to win. They only allowed six in their defense. So kind of shocked to see this Denmark team win here. We, I had, I had KLC by a score. Instead, we see Denmark by a score. I, I would, I'm not surprised with the whole shootout. I mean, I figured with, with both teams offense, I, I figured a shootout was likely, but seeing a 46, 40 win for Denmark was kind of shocking to me. And now Jordan, you know who the winner plays, right? Catholic Memorial, baby, who just won 44, zero over right. Oh. They've only allowed six points in their first two games. Yeah, that's gonna, definitely going to be a tough test for Denmark. I got just going into I got Catholic Memorial by um, probably three or four scores. I'll be honest. I, yeah, I was going to say Catholic Memorial by twenty. It'll probably be like a I don't I don't even know if Denmark puts up twenty points, but maybe it's like a forty twenty kind of game, or even like a thirty five ten or like a thirty five thirteen. I don't know, but I just don't I don't see it ending well for Denmark. I think their run comes to an end at Catholic Memorial. This coming Friday. So that was D4. Let's go down to D5. Brilliant. Losing by nine points. Wittenberg. Burnhamwood gets the job done. No stats for them, which is kind of mind-blowing. It's the playoffs, and they don't even have stats. But Brilliants are pretty flat. Banky was 5 of 13 for 87 yards. No interceptions, so that's good there. But 58 yards only for Sam Galoff. Had the touchdown for Brilliant in this game. But, I mean, if you're... 58 yards, like that's it. And then they had a kick return, Garnet Stabani, 72-yard kick return for a touchdown. So that resulted in the points for Brilliant, but it's just like, oh man, that's a little disappointing that that's all they could do. And then a pick six, or I don't know if it was a pick six, never mind, but an interception for Bennett Olsen on the defensive end. So there's a little glimpse of what Burnham would had passing 58 yards and then Mitchell Kotarabic with 19 58 is your lead, and the 19 is your second. Certainly not going to get the job done. Wittenberg, Burnham, what did all they had to do? They got the win. Yeah, this this Wittenberg team we talked about, um, low, being low scoring was kind of what we predicted on the podcast last week, and we kind of got that. I mean, 27-18, not as low scoring as was predicted. I mean, Robert threw out there maybe even a 14-6 kind of score was what he was throwing out there, which certainly seemed possible based on how the team, two teams matched up, but yeah, um, we can't really tell you how with the stats and stuff how it was really done, but uh, this Wittenberg team certainly um, proved. I mean, they proved they're better than Brilliant in this game here. They I mean, winning by nine, and their treat their I mean their reward for winning this game. They get to go go to Amherst play number one Amherst, I believe. So that will be fun indeed for Wittenberg Bermanwood. What's their mascot here, Jordan? I don't even know. That's a good question. I'm, I'm trying like to a, look. The pictures like doesn't give me a clear image it's like yeah, they, don't, they don't they don't tell us who they are but they're they're playing amherst so that's a yeah. really good amherst football team so that'll be a tough test yeah and game. amherst is coming off a close win but they got the job done nonetheless 28 21 over kiwani so i just oh my goodness adam duvall grand slam braves up four nothing in the world series as we're recording there was a fumble return 
for a touchdown. So that's how Brilliant got their 18th point. It wasn't a pick six. It was a fumble return. And I can tell you how Wittenberg scored. I mean, we don't have any other stats, but a run touchdown in the first quarter for 61 yards. Weslowski got that one. Then Weslowski had a passing touchdown to Schmidt for 22 yards. Then a run touchdown, Schmidt 58 yards. And then a run touchdown, just a three-yarder by Weslowski. So some really big plays took Brilliant out of it. I'm sure if we do have a Robert episode, that will be discussed in there that the big plays kind of brought him down. And I just wanted to mention D1. Ships lost to Bayport 56-14. Bayport then killed Marquette 49-14. And they play number one Franklin, who beat Oak Creek 10-7. So a very low-scoring game between Franklin and Oak Creek. We'll have to see what happens between those two teams in Division One? But any other high school talk for football, or should we yeah. move to high school volleyball? Just want to point out one more thing. Uh, Whitberg, remember when they played Amherst in the regular season? They lost 26 to 19. So that actually might be a good game Ooh. out in Amherst. So, Jordan, if you want to take a road trip, I'll, I'll be down in Milwaukee. But, you know, if you want to head to Amherst for a football game Friday, November 5th, I mean, that's a pretty good game to go to. That could be a big one indeed. And they're going to. Uh, you got to win one more, right? And then you're at state. One more after that one. Yes. Yeah. Two games left before we get yep. to state. So that's the big thing there over in the world of football, in the world of volleyball state, the state field is set. Sadly, Manitowoc Lincoln season came to an end once again at the hands of Oconomowoc 25, 13, 25, 19 and 25, 14. Second set was close, but not close enough getting swept by Oconomowoc when I was in school and they played Oconomowoc. It was four sets. They won the first and then lost the next three, but still got to say there's no shame in losing to such a good team who probably is going to end up winning it all. And then we got Howard's Grove down in division three, sectional four. They beat Kenosha Christian life to become the sectional champ, 25, 17, 25, 13, 25, 12. And we have the matchups for Howard's Grove. So here we go. They play division three, on Friday, November 5th, 11.30 a.m., Howard's Grove versus Oconto. Lake Country Lutheran is the one seed. Unity's the four seed. Howard's Grove got the two. And they play Ocano the finals. It's the next day, again at 11.30. So if you want to make a trip to Green Bay then on Sunday, Green Bay at the Rush Center, Howard's Grove might be in that championship game for D3, playing at 11.30. As for D1, just real quick, Oconomowoc did indeed get the one seed, so that tells you just how good they are. The D1 starts on Thursday and then plays Friday and Saturday, getting that 7.30 game on Saturday night. So good to see Howard's Grove in it, and we wish him the best. Yeah, for sure. We wish Brett Damro. Shout out to him again, leading his girls to another sectional championship. So hopefully they can get it done at state, and hopefully we can have some on to talk about the state experience. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome if we can get him on back at the back half of the season. So, Bucks talk real quick. We just wanted to mention some of the scores, some of the little injuries and things that are all banged up. Uh, last Monday, one week ago today, beat the Pacers 119-109. Then just two days later, ended up getting, I wouldn't say upset, but they lose 113-108 to the T-Wolves. And then a 102-93 loss to the Spurs. Currently, as we record, they trailed to the Jazz. So, very slow start for the Bucks this season. Exactly, Jordan. And one thing people point to, there's a few things, actually. We'll start with the more logical things. Um, with the Bucks team right now, we've seen them, we've seen them banged up. And in one way and, or another, it's been 
it's been tough. And some of the guys to point out, Brooke Lopez being out has just really hurt this team's defense, the interior defense. And we've seen teams able, other teams able to exploit that, such as the Timberwolves a few days ago and the Spurs. We've really been able to see them take advantage of that. And Drew Holiday's also been out. So Chris Middleton is out as well, Jordan. I don't know if you knew that. And of course, Dante DiVincenzo is out as well. So this team, they're out. They got guys injured right now. And that's solely why they're losing. Don't worry. Don't worry about this team. But let's let's go with the dumber reasons. Let's, let's hear those. And the dumber reasons oh are listening to some talking heads, talks of basketball and just the NBA championship hangover is just getting to this Milwaukee Bucks team. They're just they're just not able to just compete right now. I mean, they just got the ring and they you just got to give them a few weeks before they get back into it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do we actually are we gonna really going to make up narratives like that saying like, OK, well, this team. This team won the championship, so therefore, the first few weeks, they're going to automatically struggle. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I know there's been some there's been some teams who have, over a course of the year, they haven't done as well as their year prior when they won it all, and they point to the hangover, they call it. And it's just interesting to me when I feel like this team, it's solely based on the fact, I mean, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Dante DiVincenzo, these guys are out, and you're, you're three and three. I mean, you're losing. It's, Gian, it's Giannis and... Some role players, basically. So it, it's an interesting topic, to, I believe. And this Bucks team, I, I, I know you agree with me, Jordan. They'll be just fine. And those are probably the same people that say this team is built for the regular season, right? And they're not a playoff team. Of course. Yeah, it's what I are making every excuse up in the book, saying all these things about the Bucks. It's so early yet in the season. They will be completely, completely fine. It just goes back to what we were saying before about Kate Cunningham starting slow. Packers losing their first game. It takes time to get Banka into it, and everything will be okay. So before trivia, real quick, just wanted to talk a little baseball because the Atlanta Braves might have won the World Series by now. As we're recording, it is 4-0 Braves in the top of the second inning. Braves up 3-1 in the series. They have dominated pretty much. The Astros' only win was 7-2. But ever since then, if Braves win game two, Braves, or pardon me, Braves won game one. I completely missed it. 6-2. Then the Astros won. Braves won game two. Braves won game three. Close games. I mean, besides the 6-2 and 7-2, 2-0 and 3-2. But here the Braves are. Haven't lost at home so far in the postseason. And speaking of homes, the people at home, right? They're not really tuning in. I mean, viewership is up from last year, but still historically, it's down and it's a little concerning. It really is, Jordan. I'm glad he mentioned that because I really wanted to talk about that as well. And yeah, this the the viewership other than the 2020 year, which we know had record lows all time for the World Series, but with the 60 game season and the pandemic, it, it made sense. All the games basically under under 10 million view, viewers on average. Other than we saw games five and six, but on average it was 9.75 million viewers watching the World Series, which is terrible. I mean, for a sport that if you go back 30 years ago, you would see. The 1987 one, Jordan, which we watched. Remember the World Series with the Twins? Oh, that we did. Yes, Twins and... Uh, it was the Cardinals. And it was... Or, uh, yeah. Or we might watch... Nine, actually, it's 91. But the point is with the Twins and the Braves. But 35 million was the average viewers per the world, in the World Series. So 35 million then. And now we're seeing... So far, even in the 2021 World Series, we're seeing an average of roughly 10 million. So... It's not looking good, and I want to compare the 2021 to 2019, so the last 162-game season to this 162-game season and the playoffs. 
we saw in 2019 with the Astros and Nationals. So two like media market teams. I mean, the Nationals and the Astros. And we saw an average of 13.912 million. And like I said, we're around we're around roughly 10 million right now for this World Series. So that's it's down. It really is. It's down over three and a half million, almost close to four here. And that's it's not looking good for baseball right now. And I know they point a lot of the critics have pointed. Oh, it's it's up from last year. This is good science, and I don't, I don't know if comparing to last year is really the best comparison we can make here because with the circumstances going on last year, it just doesn't seem like a, the right comparison. So I'm worried for that, and I know baseball is too. And Jordan, this might be the last game we see a game played without the universal DH or with, yeah, without the universal DH and. I think that it, with the CBA, I believe it expires this year. Um, we're going to see the DH universal. And I don't know. Better be. Yeah, I, I'm glad you think about that. And there's our, actually articles up right now. World Series game five could be the last game without the DH. And yeah, like I said, I mean, just knowing knowledge ahead of time. I mean, I kind of thought the same and I'm glad other people agree with me here. But I, I certainly would love the universal DH as well. And hopefully that can help the ratings here because who doesn't love watching a good baseball game? But it's it's truly been tough. I mean, to watch some of the World Series, I've been able to. I've watched some of it. I haven't watched as much as I should have, but I've been able to catch some of the game. And it just doesn't feel the same this year. I, I don't know. Just with the Brewers losing the Braves, it's just been tough tough to watch, you know. But it's it's still the World Series, so you can't go wrong. But hopefully we can see more viewers coming for the World Series next year. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like the Astros too, one of those things where people just aren't watching because they're in it, or it's like there aren't like the biggest teams in baseball, so to say, so people aren't tuning out. I mean, it's one of those things where you see LeBron's in the NBA Finals, like, oh, of course you're going to watch, it's LeBron, but maybe some of these names aren't familiar to others, and I don't know, Universal DH, though, is a must. Don't know how much that'll influence viewership at all, probably really not a whole lot, but it's pitching. Everyone always talks about how pitchers batting is so outdated and we don't need it anymore and hopefully it is indeed gone for good and we get that dh spot which is going to be huge for a lot of players and might make some pitchers mad but you know what whatever at the end of the day we'll do a complete world series recap next week on the podcast so we do know the result and then we can talk stats and all that good stuff are you ready for some trivia i was born for trivia jordan well guess what the first time the wheel has ever landed on Drew's choice. So this is up to you. You get to pick this week. Will it be MLB MVP winners? We're talking about MLB and only MVP winners there or the college bowl games, 2021, 2022. So some trivia on upcoming bowl games. We're going to go MLB MVPs. I knew you would pick that. So that means next week or the week after it will be some more, um, college bowl games we'll just be talking about potential bowl game or not potential but bowl game names and stuff things like that so here we go name the 2020 mlb award winners or mlb mvp award winners jose abreu abreu and freddie freeman there you go a beautiful one of one start not too tough but here we go true or false mookie betts was mvp the same year as Christian Yelich. Hold on. We got to go back time now. True um, or false? Yeah, quite a few years ago. It was, well, it would have been 2018, of course. Uh-huh. So part of me thinks it was 2019. You know, 
It has to be 20. True. It is true. Good okay. job. Good job not going with the false. It was indeed true. Betts was MVP. It's the same year. And now I think you'll be able to get this one. Who was the last pitcher to win the MVP award? It's Kershaw in 14, right? Exactly it. In the NL, Clayton Kershaw done it. Done it. He did it in 2014, seven years ago. Now, it's a little tougher. No options on this one, but you still might be able to do it. I know you're a baseball guy. Who won the most MVP awards of all time? Barry Bonds with seven. Wow, beautiful. Didn't I'm even too... need any help nope, at all. No, don't need that. That's oof. Here we go for a potential five of five. It would put you at 30 out of 40 on the year. So, or in the season. While there were other awards before today's MVP, what year saw the inaugural MVP award that we know and love today? 1925, 1931, or 1944? I'm going to go B, 1931. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I got it. Awesome. Of five. This is unbelievable 30 out of 40 you're in trivia season three your best season by a long shot and wow that's you know your stuff man thank you i i remember my mvp awards pretty well i don't know i used to i used i did sparkle one time with mvp awards so okay a few years back comes back you know it's i think you're gonna struggle with college bowl games but it's oh i will it's tough so we'll there's some obvious ones and then some are just kind of out there. So we'll have to see. And then I got to figure out one other bit of trivia to put us at an even 50. So that's all we got, guys. Thank you all for listening once again. Thank you to stamps.com that ad in the middle of our episode renewed for the month and hoodies. I, I don't want to say they've been ordered, but they've been ordered. I mean, we're going to work through a little trouble that happened before we went on and recorded, but hoodies have been ordered. Hopefully we will see them. In a few weeks, I mean, if they say, if what they say is true, those hoodies will be here in a matter of just weeks. It won't take three months like our shirts did. We ordered basically double the amount of hoodies than t-shirts, though. So a little concerning, but I think we're going to be all right, and we'll get these soon enough. They'll get delivered to all you people, and we've got some other plans coming up as well. Don't forget one last time, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew, Jordan Drew the sports crew on Facebook and on YouTube. Drew, shout yourself out, you Patrick Baldwin fan. Yeah, you know me, Jordan. You know you guys know the drill. Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W, S-K-Y-B-E-R-G on Instagram and on Twitter. So go follow me there. That's all. Jordan Law underscore PXP on Twitter for me. And that wraps up episode 34. Real quick, you want to tell the people what we got coming up this week? Potential episodes. I know one of them's a lock. Yeah, we got some good stuff coming up. We have Abby Garceau, actually a softball player right now at UW Oshkosh. She'll be coming on. Wednesday for Drew's College Athlete Spotlight Episode 4. Then Friday, we might have an EWC award special coming your way with Robert Schimmick, of course. But and keep keep on the lookout for that. We might have some other things coming in, a fantasy football special maybe soon, but you'll you guys will just have to wait and see. And of course that Patrick Baldwin Jr. interview, that'll be coming up as well. So stay tuned. A lot of big stuff. And listen to our Brewers season recap as well. One of the best things I think we've ever done. Not getting the attention it should. Go ahead and listen to that and be sure to listen to the rest of the episodes this week. Thank you all for listening to episode 34 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.